Welcome to Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Not too much, Andrew. What's going on in the Great White North? Oh, uh, yeah, we just finished with a big old snowstorm. I figure it's been a while since we talked weather, and this is a significant weather event, so we might as well bring it up, right? It actually is. It's like one of the biggest snowstorms we've had in December in actually like 10 years. We don't usually get snow in December. It's very rare to have a white Christmas in southern New England. Yeah, we, we had a white Christmas there two years ago, 17 or 18. It must have been like inches, like a couple inches. Cause I no, it was, it was pretty bad because I remember I had to drive from Georgetown to Salem in it, and it was uh, it took a bit of time. I think hmm. it was 18 because that would have been, must have been 18 because that, or 17? I don't, I, I don't remember. I don't remember. It all blends no, together. No, it was 17 because we still had all the snow for New Year's. Remember, we got a huge snowstorm, and then like New Year's, it was like 10 degrees for the week. Oh, I thought it was a snowstorm after Christmas, but no, it, it was Chris, Christmas Day was a snowstorm because it took me like an hour and a half to go from my house to my parents' hmm. house. So hmm. yeah, it was a big one. It was a big one. Yeah, so we got like like a foot of snow because it was it got super cold. So when it's super cold, it makes it fluffy, and it it um, piles up pretty fast. And, Proving uh, once again, I made the right choice to move. Yeah, here. yeah. While, the only, while you uh, guys were getting buried in snow last night, uh, I was out riding a bicycle. Yeah, I saw that you were out riding a bicycle to look at uh, Christmas lights. That's uh, yes. that's an interesting thing that I would never have. That's not a New England thing. It is definitely not. A New England, although I will say, I mean, if we're going to talk about weather, we might as well talk about weather. Um, yeah, it was not warm. What was not warm? What is not warm? So you have to remember that it's dry here, and and the dry makes the colder temperatures feel colder than they are, as well yeah. as it makes the warmer temperatures feel cooler than they are. Yeah. So when it's like That's thirty, it when it's like thirty-eight here, it's pretty cold. So it's been it's been down in the thirties after dark here the past few nights. Oh yeah, it's so, a desert desert cold. And the de- but the desert cold feels extra cold because that that dry air just kind of bites you, and when you're on a bicycle. Obviously, there's no weather protection around you. You're just riding a bicycle, so you hit the wind, and it's it's not uh, so like it's not uncomfortable, but it's not comfortable either. Do people's cars freeze? What do you mean? Like like they scrape your windows, or like if they don't run coolant because some people run water out there, does it freeze? I mean, occasionally it gets that cool outside of the city. They definitely do. Hey, once you get outside (laughs) of the the urban sprawl here, it gets that um, you know that. what do you call it? The heat effect, like the island heat effect from all the cement. It stays yeah. a little warmer here. But once you get out into the desert, yeah. If it's 38 here, you know, 10, 15 miles outside of town, it's it's below freezing. So it definitely gets that cold. Just doesn't stay there. During the daytime, it's nice. I mean, it was, you know, 59, 60 degrees outside today, which is, I can live with it if it's 38 at night and 65 during the day. Well, that was the way it was like Monday or uh, Sunday. It was like- right. 55 but and then uh last night got into the 20s and it's been 20s all day and snowing yeah that's not good <laughs> but anyway it's yeah, unusual like, for it to even snow when it's this cold like it's yeah yeah sometimes it, was, it, was, it doesn't it like it will be dry enough that the snow doesn't hit the ground but this is a powerful enough storm yeah it was it was nice enough to go for a bike ride um it has snowed in phoenix before not for a few years but and nothing that sticks around and lasts so it's not unheard of. It's just not common. So anyway, but yeah, so it gets, it gets chilly here at night. So yeah. The only thing with carbs I have, uh, have love for is my snowblower. Because it works. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, that thing works and it's like, I'm like, you know, it's slightly annoying cause it's in the, it takes up space in the garage eight months of the year. Mm-hmm. But then when you need it, it's a little workhorse. Like, Yeah, I don't understand how carburetors and snowblowers work so well. Because I had one, it was a Honda, and you didn't have to prime it or anything. It was like no prime system. And I was like, well, that's you know, that's convenient. I don't have to pump this button three times. Like, wh- why, do, why do I not need a prime or a choke? Like, how does this work? And every time, oh, it know. would start on the second pole. I don't, like, the first pole most of the time, and the second pole that first... 
you know, start of the year and just, it's just started every time. I don't understand how it yeah. works. I, well, I keep forgetting the one I have is 20 years old. So it seems new because I remember when my dad bought it brand new. Right. So, Plus and like snowboards have really changed. Yeah. Like, you know, the only like thing that's changed is now they have like a powered shoot thing that like spins around instead of a, a I have to crank, crank mine. Yeah. <laughs> but it does have a electric start, which is like choice. Yeah. Well, I don't have to worry about that. So, and all of my, my lawn tools here are electric, so I don't need a. Yeah. I was thinking about that. Like I definitely, I'm on board with the electric mower cause I don't have much to mow, but I don't think I could switch to an electric snowblower cause I did see one at home Depot. A uh, full size. I've seen like the snow broom style or the, the single stage style. I've never seen like a dual stage snowblower like yours in a uh, an electric it was big it was probably one of those big 40 volt boys but mm-hmm. i don't know <laughs> if you had like maybe a little walkway it'd probably be all right but it'd be tough because i'm out there usually for like two hours at a time yeah you probably need a couple of batteries for two hours yeah yeah and it doesn't even use that much fuel like which is fill it up with one tank yeah it is very loud that's the other thing so like the the breakthrough with having a wireless Bluetooth uh, earbuds is oh. like key because it really cuts the sound and then I can listen to music the whole time while I'm doing it. So, yep, it really gets rid of that whole it's a chore thing because you're outside just like enjoying whatever music or podcast you're listening to. That's I, yeah. I find myself that's when I get most of my podcast listening done right now while I'm not commuting is while I'm doing yard work. Yeah, I just do that while I'm just doing work around the house, but yeah, yep. same idea. So yeah, so, Bluetooth headphones are certainly a a huge the other thing, thing. So in our in our little group friends chat, you sent me a cookbook for Saturns. Well, you don't cook the Saturns. Yeah, a Saturn but, owners cookbook. Okay. Yes. I don't know why it exists. I mean, Saturn I owners know. are a different breed, I guess. Yeah, that was a it was a weird car for outlier people. Well, I I had to do a self check of myself when I when I found this because somebody else posted it on a Facebook group, and of course everybody's laughing at the Saturn cookbook. And if you look at the sample pages inside, what it was was some Saturn owners group got all of their members together to submit recipes to put in a book called the Saturn Owners Cookbook. And on the front, it has this like cartoon character, like Italian looking chef, like leaning over the hood of a SC2. Um, <laughs> but I had to do a little self check for myself because my brain was like, Brad, if this said the Mitsubishi owner's cookbook, would you or would you not have bought it? Okay. <laughs> right? Right? Yeah, maybe. So I thought into it a little bit and I decided I would not have bought it. No. Unless it had a cool. Eclipse or some good car I own on the cover just for the novelty of it. So I, uh, I, I had to do a little self check on that one because I do have so much like Mitsubishi stuff that I wanted to make sure that in my brain, I would not be the same as the Saturn owner and have a Saturn Mitsubishi owner's cookbook. So, well, as an aside here back in 1994, uh, I was just 10 years old. I went with my parents to uh, Nashville and my dad was competing in a, was the American bus association. It was a competition to be the best diesel bus mechanic in the country. It was the bus jamboree. Was that the name of it? Uh, No, it's not the bus jamboree. That's a different one. Um, Yeah. Those, those are like local things that they do at different bus companies. Um, but anyway, we were there at apparently the same time. The Saturn factory was like right outside of Nashville. And they were doing that. I don't, do you remember this? The Saturn Come Home event? I do, actually. Because and I remember the pictures of all the Saturns in the field up front. Yep. So we were there. It was like June of 94. And we were staring. We were staying, yeah, we were staying at the Opryland Hotel, which is this giant hotel in Nashville. Uh, basically like an indoor resort type thing. It was crazy. And I remember we were riding the elevator and there was a bunch of people wearing like Saturn clothes. And my dad was like, 
what are you guys here for? And they're like, oh, we're here for the Saturn Come Home event. Okay. (laughs) Now, again, self-check time. Yeah. Do you remember when I was driving the Eclipse from Massachusetts back to Arizona? And you had the idea that, hey, you should drive it by the normal Illinois plant and take a picture out front. Fair enough. Is that not any different? (laughs) Not really, but... (laughs) So I think that our um, our making fun of other people for doing things that they like is the same that other people would make fun of us for doing things that we like. But that's this okay because that's what makes the world go around. And we're going to make fun of Saturn owners because why not? I mean, would, would I own a Saturn? Probably. Good for you. Uh... The early ones, the, the little two-door twin cam or three-door twin cam or even the four-door, the SC... I mean, to be fair, Too they late. were an interesting car. They were an interesting yeah. departure for GM. It was uh, GM especially the, the early ones. Yeah, it it made sense. Yeah. And then later on, when they were just started doing badge jobs, it was like yeah, those okay, were a little less. Point. Yeah, but that was it kind of the, the same as it. Well, GM did the same thing with Saab. They took a quirky car and made it like normal by rebadging Malibus. So, mm-hmm. but but an early Saturn with the twin cam. You know, they were competitive autocross cars. They were competitive um, uh, showroom stock SCA race cars. So they weren't, like, all bad. They just had a weird reputation. Um, yeah. But if if a cheap twin cam manual transmission first-gen Saturn came up for sale as a daily driver, I'd probably drive it. It's probably fun. The same kind of fun as my non-turbo front-drive Eclipse. You know, it probably has a decent little zippy motor and probably is a good, like, you know, back road kind of corner carver kind of deal. Like just slow car, fast kind of fun. Again, I'm not going to go out and look for one, but if one fell on my lap, I wouldn't not drive it. How's that sound? All right. Fair enough. Right. Fair enough. But I probably would not go to the Saturn come home event. And I probably yeah. would still not buy a Saturn owner's cookbook. Um, I might not even go crazy collecting models of Saturns like I do Mitsubishis. But this is true. Maybe I would. Maybe I'd buy at least one Saturn model just to have it. More than likely. Anyway, moving on from a dorky car that we don't like to dorky cars that we do like. Yeah. Uh, do you have any project car updates, Andrew? Have you done anything before the winter hit? No, I have not. I've done nothing. Hmm. That's not the answer I was hoping for. Nope. I've been working on the flooring in my dining room so that's so it. Now the kitchen's done you decided time to do more work in the house yeah well it's got dingy carpet in there you gotta get rid of it and put down uh what i did a few years ago which was the bamboo in the living room and just carrying it into the dining room and then the front room nice okay well i did a little something i didn't do a ton either i've been busy doing yeah, what did you stuff. do um, so did I touch on the power windows in the Starion? You did because the power window was down and some sort of animal was living in it. Oh, right. I have a follow up to that story too afterwards. Yeah. Um, um, so I decided it was time to fix the window. Oh, oh that reminds me. I, I do have a, a, a car update. Okay. Not really a project update. Then go back to yours. You can get to it afterwards. Oh, okay. So... <laughs> I told you this via chat. It was a few, it was a month ago, actually. It was the beginning of November. It was another six degree day. It was super nice. It had snowed like a week before Christmas. Or week, sorry, week before Thanksgiving. Halloween. Oh, Halloween. Okay. And they had salted the shit out of everything. Uh, and then it rained. And I had yet to have gotten, gotten a uh, inspection sticker for the Galant after I had fixed the exhaust. So I went and got an inspection sticker for it. I had it out during the weekend. It was nice. There is a local diner that we like, and we've been going there since our kitchen was apart <laughs> over the summer for takeout. Yep. Yeah, your 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 family's a big fan of this diner. It's really it's a really good diner. If you're ever looking for my dad, that's where you'll find him. Yeah. Yeah. Peabody Diner. Yep. And um, so I call. I got takeout. Go to get it on Sunday morning. We got like. Two meals, and then we're, we're splitting some pancakes. So it's like three styrofoam takeout containers, like those white square 
in a bag. And I picked it up. I could have sworn there was three. I got home. Like, my meal was missing. I was like, that's really weird. I better go look in the car. I like, looked in the car. Couldn't find it. And I didn't call up, like, all ups- upset or mad. I was just like, hey, I think we just forgot to put my meal in there. Like, I don't know. Stuff happens. And, and you're a regular. Really so nice they, about it. they know you. Yeah. It's not like you're yeah. a guy. So they were very nice. They gave me another meal. I drove over there, picked it up, had my meal. Didn't think anything of it. Now, I... I hadn't had my garage cleaned out yet because it was still filled with stuff. I was still working on the kitchen at the time and it'd been, it had been like the catch all area for like I storing cabinets in there and trim molding and, and using my, the chop saw in there. So I didn't have the car over here. I put the car back at my dad's garage. So then this past weekend, it was nice out. Uh, there was like some, rain and they had salted but then it rained again it was warm so the roads were clear so i was like well i better bring the car over here put it in the garage after i clean it out so i go to move the galan out of his garage and, I, and the windows are up sitting in the garage open it i'm like this thing stinks like really stinks like did i leave a coffee in here or something it's so weird so i pull it out of the garage i'm like what is in here what smells like i, I had to have left like a, a coffee cup or it fell under the that, seat that or something curdled milk in the bottom of the coffee cup yeah yeah and I'm usually not, I'm usually good about pulling that stuff out when I'm done with it. I'm looking around, looking around. I look under the passenger seat and I see a white container and I'm like, what is that? And then it dawned on me what it was. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me that somehow this white container of my breakfast food so <laughs> managed to slide under the passenger seat. So let's set the scene a little bit. It's now, that was like, last weekend so december but a month it's a it month between month, ordering the breakfast a little over a, a month, month yeah to finding it so not not content to have a story with a cat that was living in my car and jumped out and scared me you tried to grow an animal in your car to jump out and scare yeah. you. yeah that's absolutely disgusting uh, i saw you said you sent me a picture and i wish you hadn't uh it was pretty bad it was pretty bad uh, the bread was recognizable uh the omelet not so much <laughs> Um, the good news is it was molding there too. <laughs> it was it was molding in the way you'd expect it to mold. So you know there's not any kind of weird preservatives and it was all fresh food. <laughs> I feel really bad now. Like the next time we go there, I'm gonna have to leave a like a twenty dollar tip. <laughs> or just tell them the story and give them paying for an extra meal. Yeah. You're probably getting a kick out of it. So and again, it's not like yeah. you're a not a stranger there. That's a place that you go on the you know a routine basis. Because it's good food, local business, and near your house. So, uh, but like, Stephanie's like, you're out there. You're probably like ripping around. I was like, yeah, a little bit. But like, I was like, what are the odds that, like, you couldn't stuff that container under the seat if you had tried, and it slid under there on its own. It's a magic trick. So <laughs> Stephanie's right because you are 16 at heart. Once you get behind the wheel, is the whole reason this happened. Had you gone in like her car or your normal Volkswagen, it probably wouldn't have happened because you would not have done a, nope. you know, three quarter to full throttle pull off the stoplight in front of the restaurant. Probably not. <laughs> Oops. So are they so, all in a bag? Yeah. So this it slid out of the, the bag and out yeah. of the seat and out of sight. And it was not obvious at all until a month later when the car smelled like what I yeah. assume a baby diaper, your, 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 your son's baby diaper smells like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, that's the thing. So when I was looking for it, you know, the car smelled like breakfast, but sometimes when you get takeout, your car will still smell like it afterwards, even though it's not in there. Oh, for sure. <laughs> sometimes for a day or two. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> it's just like so dumb. You should have let Enzo go out there and look for it. Yeah. You'd have found it real quick. He would have. Yeah. Whether it was moldy or not. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, this smells terrible. I want to eat it. Oh, well, that's, that is good, Andrew. Does your car still smell bad? Or how have, have you cleaned the smell out of it? Uh, it doesn't smell as bad. I, I should spray some deodorizer in there. Um, I have fallen in love with a product called Ozium. Yeah. Or Ozio. Ozium. 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 It's a red and uh, orange and blue container. Yeah, it pumps ozone. Yeah, the stuff is really good. Yeah. I use it to get 
rid of the uh, marijuana smell in the Eclipse when I got it. Yeah, they actually, you can buy like ozone generators and you throw them in the car with the windows up. Okay. And the ozone just like kills the smell. It's also not like good if you were like to just be in there. Like you need to put it in the car with the car outside. So when you open the doors, it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't don't need the garage. Yeah. I did one treatment in the eclipse did a, a lot of good. And the second treatment like killed every other smell the car possibly had. So yeah, that's an old, uh, the, uh, re rehab department at, uh, dealerships. That's an old trick for Get cigarette smoking those stuff. smoker. Yeah. Those smoker yeah. cars. Um, it works well. And, um, uh, I recommend that if you need a product to not mask the smell, but actually get rid of the smell. That's the important part. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so yeah, as everybody knows, if you go back and listen to, uh, the episode was, I think that's a cat. Or it was a cat, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, you hear the story of the cat that scared me half to death and caused me to have a calamity of errors in my backyard with the Starion. So I decided it was time to fix the window switches. So quick backstory on the car. Most people know it. The interior is completely disassembled from the rear hatch area forward. All that's in it is just the seats are bolted in so you can move it. Um, so the window switch was plugged in so the windows can go up and down, but it was just sitting on the bare console. So I think when the driver was taking it off of the car carrier, I think he pushed down on the switch and it shorted the switch out when the two wires in the bottom contacted the sheet metal of the car. So I took the switch out of the car. I used my uh, multimeter and I was checking for continuity between the ups and at the four wires in the back of the switch. So you check for continuity when the switch is up, down, and in, you know, normal, not up or down mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had continuity to go down, but not when you put it in the wires that cause it to go up when you hit the switch. So obviously something inside the switch shorted when that happened. So I'm hoping I can take it apart and just solder the two wires back together. That's like best case scenario. Because there's nothing else in there. There's no like fuse that just does up on the window because all of their windows work. Um, it's got to be something internal in the switch. So I figure, you know, anything's rebuildable if you try hard enough. Well, I don't know how to take this thing apart. Couldn't tell you. I struggled. They're usually before. pretty tricky. It's usually a bunch of like tabs and you got to like pop them out. Evenly. So there's no plastic tabs to be seen. I found what looked like, you know, when you put two pieces of plastic together and then you melt the ends of them. Oh, so I found yeah, a couple of spots of those, like almost like plastic weld, weld spot or spot weld. So I use the old, you know, model car trick with the number 11 blade to open a hole mm-hmm. in the car. You know, you poke the 11 blade in and you just spin it back and forth and you open the hole up. So I opened both of those up. Doesn't come apart. I found what looked like a tab. I use that same number 11 blade. It doesn't fit in between. Like There's no definition of two pieces of plastic, so that can't be right. Um, they're pretty well weather tight, which impressed me. There's like a rubber sleeve that goes over them to stop, you know, because they mount in the center console, kind of like a sob. So if you had, you know, a car with a sunroof and the windows, or sunroof was left open, you would want to have a switch that was pretty well weather tight. And it's got a really nice tight, like, rubber seal that goes under the switch and down as it almost looks like it was heat shrinked to the part itself but it's still pliable after you know 35 years which is impressive so i got that pulled out of the way and was just looking for any kind of things at all and i i really cannot find a way to take these things apart and Hmm. i've taken apart all kinds of window switches i've taken apart a starion window switch off of a later car and it came right apart this one here is just it's either over-engineered or I'm under-intelligent figuring out how to do it because nothing makes sense. The only one last thing I can see is where the switch actually rocks back and forth. There's like a little metal sleeve inside the pivot point, but I'm not sure how I get that out. I used like a pick and I put as much pressure on it as I could without breaking pieces of plastic and the piece doesn't move. So I'm not sure what my next move is on that. 
I don't want to just buy new switches because it's not like they're a super common part. It was 83 to 85 only. Hmm. And then 86, the switches moved from the center console to the door like a regular car. So The only switch I've ever taken apart in an old Mitsubishi was the, the pop-up headlight switch on a okay. DSM. Mm-hmm. They end up going bad sometimes. Like it, they won't latch because it's like a push into latch. It pops them up. Push it again. Okay. Like a weird cam switch. Yep. And I remember going to the junkyard when you could find these cars in junkyards and finding one and taking it apart and fixing it like with pieces. And that was kind of like, it was like a little tiny spring and like a little ball bearing. And so when you like pushed it in, like locked it and then would like unlock when you pushed it again. Well, unfortunately, I haven't figured out how to get in there yet. I figure it's got to be a pretty simple switch just looking at how it functions. And it's got these four, you know, normal size under dash wires going into it. Um, You can see they have a soldered connection on the outside, which is why I think it shorted when it touched that sheet metal. But I figure there's got to be a a soldered connection inside, and that's got to be what broke. Because like I said, there's no... The fuses are all fine. I I determined it was the switch by checking the continuity of the switch. And uh, there's, got to, there's got to be a way in there, and I can't figure it out. I'll have to give it another try and hopefully get in there. But I'm not I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. But It's annoying because I thought I was going to have this quick fix and get the window to work again. But unfortunately, I don't. I, the window is up now. I just jumped the wires. I was going to say you could do that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I put the window up, but I don't have the the switch functioning properly yet, which is annoying me, but it is what it is. So slight callback to that same story of the uh, cat in the car. Mm -hmm. Two things have happened. I I have found the cat. Oh, it's definitely a cat. Definitely a cat. Um, Okay. And I've tried to make friends with him, but he's, he's, he's not very trusting. So I'll have to get to there. Okay. Uh, He's definitely well-fed which I assumed based on how large he felt as he jumped over my shoulder. Um, I have a picture of the cat, which I'll have to post um, by popular demand to the Instagram or Facebook page. Um, And I got a Christmas card the other day by some jokester. I don't know who it was. I honestly It's a red envelope comes, which doesn't, you know, doesn't, Arouse too much suspicion around the holidays. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a Boston return address, not a return address, a uh, postmark. Okay. Uh, but it's got a return address of P Galore, 123 Feline Ave, Catsville, Ohio. <laughs> That's addressed to Mr. Brad DeSantis at my address. So somebody who knows my address, which, you know, narrows it down a bit to a few people. So you open the guard up. And it's a Christmas card with two cats standing in front of a Christmas tree. And one of the cats is shitting out tinsel. And the cat card says, have you seen the tinsel? And the other cat is saying no. However, this this quote unquote cat that sent it crossed out the word tinsel and put Starion. And then when you open the card, um, it says, have all the holiday fun you can get away with. And then was handwritten below that. P.S. That new car guy next door seems, quote, jumpy. <laughs> Merry Christmas, neighbor. Signed, Pussy Galore. <laughs> so somebody who knows my address <laughs> and has a sense of humor sent a Christmas card from the cat. <laughs> um I do not believe it's the cat because he put Catsville, Ohio for the return address. Um, and the postmark is Boston, so it's somewhere from back home. So uh, my suspicion lies on my father because this is the kind of thing he would do. Um, Probably. But I'm also not positive because it's definitely not his handwriting. But again, when you're sending a gag like this, obviously you're going to dis- disguise your handwriting, right? Yeah, I guess. So. I don't- However, whoever sent it, I got a good chuckle out of it. Uh, whether it was my father or somebody else, I appreciate the laugh. Um, it took a second to get it because <laughs> I wasn't expecting it. Uh, and Naomi had the same reaction. She was like, uh, okay. 
<laughs> so yeah, I'll I'll post a picture of the card and the cat and everybody can get a good laugh at my expense once again. Um yeah. Good times. <laughs> I should look at the stamps, uh, the cards my parents actually sent and see if it's the same stamp or not. <laughs> or find out who sent a card to the stamp, whether my parents or somebody else, because I assume if they have my address, they sent me a Christmas card not as a joke about the cat and the therian <laughs> in the side yard. Anyway. The gift that keeps on giving, the cat that drove the door into the wall and sliced my foot on the yeah. pedal. So <laughs> anyway, that's where we're at. So no other project car updates. Uh, I did take the Eclipse out for a quick blast the other night because it's been sitting for a while. Ever since the Colt got here, I haven't really touched the other cars because I've been going through that car so much. Um, yep. Slight information, the car is going on the market. Okay. Um, only because the opportunity to buy something back that I regret selling in the first place has come up um, and I need a couple extra bucks and a space to put it. So I think that yeah. would would, uh, would help that move along. And uh, I think it's the right plan. If it's not, well, so be it. But I think it's the right plan. I think it's the right plan. I bought the Eclipse. If it happens. I put the time and effort into the Eclipse. I made the Eclipse much nicer than it was. Um, I've done pretty much everything I can do to that car to make it nice. The next step was going to be to modify that suspension to make it handle better. So I think maybe I should, at this point, move it on to somebody else who can continue the project in that direction. Um, you know, I, I saved it from probably being junked, right? So yeah, where uh, I've, I've, I've done my, my duty with that car. Um, and I, I regret selling that 78 Crescent ever since I sold it. So I'll uh, have an opportunity potentially to buy it back. So the Eclipse will be going on the market soon. Um, there's a couple of people that have first rights of refusal only because they've expressed that since the beginning. Um, but other than that, it may be uh, it may be time. We'll see. Stay tuned for more car updates. With yeah, them. there's a couple people that are uh, somewhat interested. One of which is familiar to the podcast. One of which is not. But we'll uh, we'll we'll keep we'll keep it informed. One of them is uh, a pretty funny story if he winds up buying it. But I won't say anything about that until we get to that point. So we'll see what happens. Unfortunately, you can't keep them all, right? Nope, you can't. I'd, I'd like to. And uh, it's funny because I'm at a point in my life where I have more running cars than I've ever had. So it's, it's true. It's kind it's of true. It's kind of silly to me to think about selling a running car to buy another running car. But it is what it is. Well, that's the way you're supposed to do it. What? <laughs> that's ridiculous, Andrew. Um, Yeah. So it's uh it's a thought. It's not it's not definite yet, but I did like that car an awful lot and uh it would be nice to have I think that car would be a neat car to have out here as kind of a just like a, a family cruiser. I think it's a very cool car. It's got a good sense of occasion. Yeah. It's uh had some stuff done to it since you owned it that make it nicer. Oh, so when I sold it I had a complete suspension setup in the trunk. It had uh, T uh, three coils and camber plates, um, front sway bar. I didn't know that. Yep, front sway bar. I didn't know full that set in. of bushings. Uh, it had rear coils and a rear pan hard, pan hard bar from T three. That was all in the trunk. Why didn't we do that? Because at the time, uh, my life was in a different place, and I didn't have the time, energy, or money to install it. So had I had the time, energy, or money to install it, I would have installed it. But that is all now in the car. And uh, the car has been painted, but but well. Because if you remember when I had it, it was original paint, but it was faded pretty bad. Mm -hmm. I would probably prefer it to still be faded original paint, but 
it is what it is. Can't go back now. So it does look nice, all shiny. Uh, and it has a stereo in it, which will be the first thing that I rip out when I, if I do buy it back. So there's that. Yeah. But I mean, it needs a stereo, just not what is put in there. <laughs> no, you uh, you have people that can do a much sleeker stereo install. Well, I'm going to try sure. to find a factory radio and then just hide oh, okay. and hide a uh, a Bluetooth receiver somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Powered Bluetooth receiver. Whoever put the yep. stereo in it, it's got decent speakers in it. They did put a subwoofer in the trunk. Um, I don't need a subwoofer in the trunk. I just need decent speakers. So anyway, yeah, we'll see. Cool. The car is not here yet. It's not in. It's not mine yet. It's a uh, kind of a, a verbal agreement over the phone. The guy who owns it is a super big fan of it, um, but he's got a bunch of projects and he's too busy and he hasn't driven it in a year. <laughs> so oh, okay, he's like, I, I don't want to sell it, but if I do sell it, I want to sell it to somebody who's not going to cut it up which is exactly my thought with the car. And I was upset because after I sold it, the guy I sold it to said he was going to cut it up. But thankfully, he never did. Yeah, because a lot of these get cut up with uh, 2JZ swaps. That's what's going to happen. This car was going to become a a big turbo 2JZ drag car, which is not the right car for that. So just because it's so nice and it's 80,000. That's the other thing. The car, I sold it, what, four years ago, four and a half years ago? Yeah. And the guy picked it up from me in Massachusetts and drove it to Miami. And then it's now, Miami. yeah, and now it's owned by a guy in Georgia who drove it from Miami to Georgia. And the car has only gone 7,000 miles since I sold it. Wow. So most of it's going to be in that trip from Boston down to Miami. Yeah. It's the, the big first drive of it. So it hasn't gone very I, far since I sold it. It's still in the same tires I sold it on. Like it's hasn't been worn out at all. It's just been improved. Yeah. So. Well, see what you can do. Um, working on it it's going to take a, a small miracle to make it all come together you know it's not it's not a cheap car so it's not in my it's not in my budget without making some moves no but um you know we we're talking about cars that appreciate in value and i i think that's a car that will appreciate in value um even unfortunately it's-, it's probably worth more in the long run than a, a first-gen non-turbo eclipse well, it's definitely worth more than the Eclipse, which is why I can't just sell the Eclipse and buy like Cressida because it's yeah. But in the long term, uh, you know, we don't, we never liked to buy cars as investments. But if it's a car, it's a car that you really like. It's a car that you want to keep for a very long time. Yeah, this car means a lot to me, and it won't. Even though, yeah, it's it has a lot of sentimental value, but it will. It's also, it makes. I was trying to explain to you. It, it makes financial sense to buy a car like this. No, of course it does. Because I, if I ever need to sell it in the future, I have a car worth something to sell, not a car I have to struggle yeah, to get land on. Yeah, it's, and it's a, a, a more, a more, I guess, a bigger pool of buyers than a first gen yeah. non-turbo European import Eclipse does. We, you know, we don't like to buy. You and I don't like to typically buy cars to make money on them, but. I know lately we've been talking privately that we, we do want to make sure that the, if we're going to buy a car that we don't intend to keep for a super long time either now, you want to at least buy something that will appreciate a little bit or yeah. not lose money. I, I, I like to think of it as not not necessarily an investment, but also not a losing proposition. Yeah. it's. I don't think you can go wrong if you can... Uh, Put the no, deals and, and the same thing with the Eclipse. Like I, I didn't buy the Eclipse to flip it and make money, but I bought the Eclipse. I put some time and effort and money into it, and I made it nicer. And you know, I'll prob- I'll, I will hopefully make a couple of dollars selling it, um, but just because I put that time and effort into it. Mm-hmm. Like you can't. You're, for, for, for too long, people like us have just discounted the labor that we put into things as just time and haven't really thought about the monetary value of us actually doing it. Right. Versus paying somebody to do it would have cost an arm and a leg. If I paid somebody to paint that car and do the brakes and do everything that was done to that car, then I'd be upside down, you know, but. Oh, absolutely. But since I didn't, I'm able to, to sell it on and not feel too bad about it. And, and like I said, I think one of the more important things about being a true, you know, car enthusiast and, and kind of keep the community alive and keep people happy and keep people in this whole dumb little game we play is to keep the cars on the road. And if you can take a car and take it from certainly 
going to a junkyard and getting it back to a running, driving piece of, for lack of a better word, history. And then if you can move it on and if you make a couple bucks in the process, hey, there's nothing, there's no shame in that, right? So no. there's, a, there's a place in the world for businesses that do that as a business. You know, I was trying to do it when I was running the whole Vine thing and I'd love to do that again in the future once life settles down a little bit more and once the world goes back a little bit more normal. But at the same time, as an enthusiast, it's nice to know you put a car back together and you put it on the road and it can leave your possession better than it came to you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a, a a good goal to have. And if I if, if I do wind up buying the Cressida back, it's not a car that I'm going to jump in and sell immediately because I did, I sold this car at a different time in my life. You know, um, money was tight and I had to do it. And emotionally things were very different. And uh, I think it would be kind of a, a whole full circle to have rebuilt everything in my life to where I am now and to get this car back. Because I just, I, I, I not a car I ever would have sold. Just kind of had to do it at the time. So, mm-hmm. and then I got to decide, do I want to road trip that across the country or would I just get it shipped? <laughs> time will tell. If I ship it. I'm probably going to ship it. Yeah. We're discussing the financial differences between shipping a car and uh, driving a car. And it's probably cheaper to ship it. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Depends if one of the people who's interested in buying the Eclipse lives in Massachusetts. So could be a, another tale of driving one out there and driving one back by way of Georgia. I don't know. We'll see yeah. what happens. It's all in the plans. So that's it. All right. We shall see. We shall see. So, in uh, scale project cars or uh, diecast dailies, is that what you're calling it? Well, that's what I'm calling it on the Instagram page. So, if you follow right. our Instagram page, uh, it's actually on our Facebook stories too, because it posts to both now. Um, I've been posting starting yesterday. I'm going to try to do it every weekday. I probably won't do it Saturday and Sunday. Um, by calling the AOT diecast daily. So I'm taking an interesting diecast car from my collection and I'm just taking a quick snapshot of it, nothing fancy, and posting it to a story on our Instagram page. And actually I made it so that they will stay as a featured story so you can click on them whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah. So So we were because t- we were talking about 164 scale stuff. Yeah, that's that's so the biggest thing I collect. So that would be um I, for lack of a better word, Hot Wheels sized. But yeah, but they got so they've gotten so good. Yes. And uh, I was looking for something else, but I ended up in the Auto World. I think it's their auto, I think it's their official website, or it's either that or it's some site that sells Auto World. That looks the one official, you sent me but, is their official website. Okay, but they are coming out with because uh, I pointed out to you they've got a seventy-five Cadillac Eldorado Coupe. Yep. With the half. Uh, tunnel the half um, vinyl roof, vinyl, vinyl roof. Mm-hmm. Uh, but right now they only have green and red, so hopefully they come out with a white one. So because it does look really good in one sixty fourth. I have a couple of their Eldorados, but the sixty sevens, so mm-hmm. different body style. Um, Auto World is, and I promise we won't get too into the minutiae this episode for the non diecast people, but just a little bit. So Auto World is the American equivalent to, say, Atomica of Japan. They're not quite Atomica level, but they're pretty close. The difference is Atomica car is going to set you back $20 to $30 for one. While an Auto World car can be had at Walmart for $5.99. If you can find them. That's what you're telling me. Yeah, that's what we're getting. I wanted to get a specific car, and you were like, well, you can't find that at Walmart because it just won't be there. Correct. Um which apparently is because in the dark and seedy world of diecast trading, uh, we call it the diecast black web. Uh, yeah, people, scalpers or people who resell these things on like eBay are paying off uh, the workers at Walmart to have access to the cases early. Yeah, hundred percent. So I don't think they're stealing them from the store, but they're the store are, is still making the sale. 
Yeah. But what's happening is the store is making the sale on their five or six dollar product, and the person who probably slips a twenty dollar bill to the, you know, stock man in the back room is reselling that product that he bought for five or six dollars for twenty dollars or more on eBay. Right. So it makes sense that he's doing it because it's that's capitalism, I guess. Um, this it's the same thing that you're seeing going on right now, as you see every holiday. PS5s, Xboxes, PS5, Xbox. What do they call it? At the, what do they call it, Xbox this time? I don't know. Uh, well, it's not one because one was. Next. It's not one because one was three, and it's not two because two was three sixty. I thought it was an Xbox X or something. Uh, Xbox Ten. So Xbox. I don't know. Four is Xbox Ten. It's not important. Yeah. It's not important to this story. <laughs> but anyway, it goes. It's, it's the same as that, or the the year of the Tickle Me Elmos, or man, go all the way back to nineteen eighty five and Cabbage Patch Kids. Like there's at Christmas time, there's always been that one toy that becomes like super hot. Everybody wants it. There's a fight over it. It gets bought and resold. Um, I guess there is some other toy this year. I forget what it is. But this is all the time. But this is all the time with these. So the only comparison I could draw to it was, do you remember the fervor behind Beanie Babies in like 1997? Yes. It's kind of the same thing with those weird, like nerdy people who are into this nerdy thing. In this case, us who are into nerdy diecasts have a hard time buying them because these people are jerks about it for lack of a better word um you can go into a walmart and you'll see a brand new case of hot wheels or auto worlds or johnny lightnings or whatever brand uh, m2s or whatever brand people are looking for not in the area where they belong you'll see it like in the garden center and it will have been fully picked through and anything worth extra money will be missing because yeah. the guy who paid off the guy in the stock room to say, hey, bring that up to the garden center at, you know, when you open at 5 a.m. And I'll meet you out there and I'll fish through it and get what I want. Which is not fair to the average collector who doesn't have the time to go to Walmart at 5 a.m. and pay off the stock boy. <laughs> like, it's such a weird, yeah. like, seedy underbelly of things. Well, and because most people just consider these toys, yep. so they're like, what's the big deal? It's you want to pay me twenty bucks for, to bring you this case of Hot Wheels, so you can pick through it and then buy them for a buck at the store. Yeah. Okay, whatever. Yep. Yeah, I'll take twenty bucks. I mean, what? yeah, and it's it's become it's become a heated thing. It's it's the same. You know, I likened it to to Beanie Babies of the '90s, but what it really has a big parallel to in like modern culture is sneakers. The same thing happens in sneaker sneaker culture, I guess you'd call it sneaker heads um, or uh, streetwear in general, which is sneakers and, you know, these limited drops. Yeah. These one off brands of like, whether it be a Supreme or uh, I don't even know any other ones because I'm not young and hip. Supreme's the only one mainstream enough that I know it. Well, it, it even gets into the, the car stuff. These these like pins that people buy. Oh my goodness. So that's another whole thing we can get into afterwards. <laughs> I don't understand that at all. Um, car culture has gone down a weird path, man. I think it's what we can say. We're starting it with, with a conversation of diecast vehicles, but car culture has gone down a weird path and I'm not sure who's to blame for it. Um, it started. If I had to guess, maybe four or five years ago. Probably closer to 10. I mean, it started with HelloFlush, I think. Yeah, that whole... I, I think whenever Instagram started, if I need to find a blame for it, because about with, 10 years ago. with Instagram, you were able to hype these things up. You were able to push these things. Um, and car culture started going along with it, and people have these weird certain elements of car culture, and it just does, it defies logic to anybody who's not in that scene of things. You know, it kind of, to me, goes along with that whole buy what you like, not what you're told to like that we've been talking about the past few weeks when it comes to real cars. Right. Like, they tell you that, yeah, man, the Mark IV Supra is the best car to buy. So it's a hundred grand now when you could buy a Mark III Supra for like $700 and, a, you know, six-piece McNugget. Like... 
doesn't make any sense. But it's because you're told the Mark IV is the one you need to buy. That's why it's worth so much money. So the same thing kind of happened with these other elements of car culture. And the pins you're referring to are one specific pin brand. Um, the guy goes by Lean Customs. Yeah. And basically what he did was he makes these little, you know, cartoonish looking side views of cars into enamel pins. Um, and he started off just like, you know, you or I start in the podcast, just his own little guy in his own studio doing his own thing. And he collaborated with other brands and that's where he got, you know, known for. So what happened was he collaborate with like a Hoonigan and say, Hey, we're going to make, you know, 200 of these Hoonigan pins and they're 20 bucks which is excessive for an enamel pin, but whatever it's. Yeah. They look neat, but like, but like a hat pin is like $5 to me at most. At most. Yeah. So, but whatever it's his business, people want to pay 20 bucks. People are going to pay 20 bucks. It's fine. Yeah, um, it's he collaborated with hot wheels and did the same thing. He collaborates with uh, just different people in the industry. Um, and then what happened, and I'm not even sure that he is responsible for this because it's secondhand market. What happened was if he made a, a limited run of pins where say they were, you know, 50 of them available and they were 20 bucks, they started showing up on eBay for a hundred dollars Yeah, or $200. It's to the point now where there are some that are thousands of dollars and it's not an anomaly. It's not like it happened once because I don't know, some King sat on it. <laughs> it's, it's because People have bought into the hype of his pins and people want to be the next person to have, you know, that pin, which pins aren't even cool. Like if you put, if you put pins on your hats, you get made fun of nowadays. Like I don't understand what you're supposed to do with a pin. You just put it in your wall. Where does a lean custom pin even go? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird, but it's, it's happening with a lot of, that that whole streetwear vibe, that whole streetwear thing, is come to automotive culture in the form of pins and diecast cars. And what we're seeing with diecast cars now is you have the scalper that knows he can buy this for five dollars and sell it for twenty. Uh, right now, the hot one is the Auto World um, Silverado pickups, so they're like seventy-four to what. 91 or 92 c10 pickups yeah they're again five or six bucks in the store and 20 to 30 bucks online not even for like the treasure hunt version or auto world calls their treasure hunt the super red it's like a deep metallic red paint job yeah uh, it's weird a limited number of and people people are spending 20 to 30 bucks sometimes for these things online and they're spending 30 to 50 for the limited run you know super ultra reds it's just, I don't understand. But it's going beyond that too now because you have people, um, I can think of one in particular. Um, he used to work for Hot Wheels. He's kind of well-known in the car, quote-unquote, scene because the 510 wagon that Hot Wheels came out with, that aqua green one originally, was a model of his car. Um, they did a model of his 240Z. His name is Jun Amai. And he's the Hot Wheels designer that worked for Hot Wheels and pushed to get these JDM, JNC, you know, old Japanese cars as part of the normal lineup of Hot Wheels. So he no longer works for Hot Wheels. But what he does is he buys a bunch of a single casting, like say the 510 wagon, and he customizes it. Okay. Strips the paint off, paints a different color, his own signature decals these different stances it out wheels and like makes them look all fancy. And he puts it in a little clear case and he does limited drops where he sell like 150 to 200 of these things. Uh, and do you know what he gets for these? hundred bucks, four to $500 a piece. Yeah. I mean, that's like an artist thing, right? Like it's a well-known artist. So you want his work four to $500. Hey, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, I know it's like you could do it yourself, but it's like that thing like what is art, 
right? Why does art cost so much? It's just like notoriety. Okay, so if that's the case, that talks about the whole lean customs pin thing. Because he only makes so many of them. He's the artist who designs it. That's how people pay thousands of dollars for it. That's art, right? Yeah, and if it makes you feel good, I guess that's okay. I just don't understand it. Like I would be kind of like say, more power to him. If I if I could turn out a hundred and fifty of a certain item and sell it for five hundred dollars a piece, I would be doing it all day long. I hell, hell, I'd quit my day job for that. Like. I mean, hey, maybe I'd I'd feel good for a second paying five hundred dollars for a, a Hot Wheels car, and then I'd realize like what I did, and would probably be really annoyed with myself. I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. But the thing is, is that once you've bought it, you're it's just, you're not going to lose money on it. it. Becomes an investment because you could sell it on yeah, eBay for even more money, probably. I don't know what they go for on eBay. I haven't looked for his particular things, but they can't be inexpensive if they're that much new. They must be a following for them, right? There must be. I, yeah, I don't know why. I don't know why people pay the things they do for things. You know, why would you spend 150 grand for an E30 M3? Did you hear a story about that one most recently? No. The possibly lowest mile E30 M3 that was on the market sold to that uh, some wrapper. And he immediately cut it up and customized it. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Um yeah, I don't I don't see any of his stuff for sale online here, but a, a normal Hot Wheels car signed by him is $500 now according to this. So, whatever. It doesn't make any sense. I I've taken advantage of it myself because I've sold a few pieces that I had bought back in the day when they weren't worth anything. Um and just by watching them have seen them go through the roof price-wise. You know, I know that speaking of John Amai, he released that Datsun station wagon, you know, and they were like three ninety nine in the store and I bought a couple of them and now they sell for, you know, 125 to 150 bucks. So I sold it <laughs> because it yeah. was cool at two, two or three bucks. But uh, if it can put 300 bucks in my pocket to sell two of them, guess what's sold. So, yeah, I guess it comes down to there's the, person willing to do the work to find them in the store if they can or the person that just wants the instant gratification is willing to pay for them yeah i guess and i've it's funny because i want to get deeply personal here but to get a little deeply personal there was a, a period in my life where things were dark um and i avoided going home at any means whatsoever and one of the things i would do was i would fill my time by hunting for hot wheels cars and trying to find the, the cool ones. And, you know, I'd stop at Walmart and then go to Toys R Us and then go to whatever other store, Target, sold Hot Wheels cars and try to find all the good stuff. And I, you know, I bought hundreds and hundreds of them a dollar or two at a time. And because I did that, now I'm going back and I have some stuff that's worth some money, apparently. <laughs> so I haven't been shy about selling it because I can use that money to put into my real cars or I can use that money to put into... Uh, you know, some of these higher detail, higher end diecast cars that I normally wouldn't be spending money on. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's worked yeah, out well enough. for me, but I, I do I get it. I I never bought that Datsun 510 station wagon for two ninety nine or three ninety nine, thinking one day it was going to be a hundred and fifty dollar car. No, it just struck me as it's so cutthroat to to just be paying off stockroom people just so you can look through the case of hot wheels it's like so crazy not to even be guaranteed anything no and like i even you know i've talked about before in the podcast that i tried to go to the one of the last k days and i just wanted i literally i would be i would have been happy with one of these cars that was the special i don't even remember what it was maybe it was a 510 wagon or something i don't know it was the black one they had the five the datsun pickup truck the blue pickup truck yeah there was something else Whatever. That was kind of special the time I went. And like, it was literally a dude. It was like an 18 year old kid on the phone with his dad. And he yeah. had like 20 of them that he pulled out of the thing. And the I was black like, 510 just... wagon was a Kmart exclusive. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, can I just have one? Like, <laughs> would, it, would it kill you? Like, Jesus. Those are about 30 bucks so, a piece right now on eBay. Yeah. And they were a dollar. Yeah. So, but so dumb. 
the thing is, is that I, I think that these scalpers must have some, you know, secret page where they talk about it because they picked the car that's going to be the car that they buy. And that car becomes hard to find. And it seems that they must all have this thing where they, they know what it's going to be. Like this past time was, again, the auto world Chevy pickups. Like, why did they decide that that was going to be the car? You know, why did they decide that the Hot Wheels just came out with the, remember the Marlboro Datsun and Datsun, the Marlboro GMC Cyclones? Uh, yeah, that was a, the that was red, a contest. Yeah. White, yeah. So Hot Wheels just came out with that, obviously, minus the Marlboro wording. Um, right. But I haven't seen one in the store. I've seen every other car in the set. But every time you go to a store, you can see that whole set and that car is missing. It'll be the full case on display minus that red GMC Cyclone. So who decided that? Why did it become that? I don't know. But it did. And, you know, you talk K-Day. For those who don't know, K-Day was the Kmart Hot Wheels special. They got their own special paint jobs in the cars that other stores didn't get. And they were sold on one specific day at Kmart. That same K-Day thing, now that Kmart doesn't exist, goes to GameStop. Yeah, which is so weird. So to now, me. what's happened at GameStop? Well, GameStop has like their tchotchke section where they have like non yeah, and stuff. Um, what's, what's happened there now is how did GameStop even exists with the fact that I haven't bought a physical game yeah, in like I don't know two years. I haven't bought a physical game since last Christmas when I bought one for Maria because I bought one just to give to her as a gift. <laughs> like yeah, right. Here, it's a physical disc as a gift. Yeah. Um, but anyway, what's happening with GameStop is. So they offered cases for sale. You could buy a case of Hot Wheels cars. And then what you'd assume you'd get was a sealed factory case. So you had a chance of getting like the special cars. What happened was these scalpers went to all the GameStops and talked to the people that worked there and said, you know, probably here, here's 20 bucks. Open up every case and find these for me. And then what's happening is people ordered cases and they're getting retaped cases minus one or two cars. Or cases that are obviously retaped because stuff stuffed in them wrong and things aren't in the right way. So there's just no way to do it fairly anymore. It's, it's so cutthroat. It's not even fun. Like I don't, and now with the, this easy access to these super high end, you know, Tomica's and tarmac works collectibles and, uh, in 64 collectibles, which are so nice. And I'll be featuring them all in the diecast daily segment on the uh, Instagram page. It's they're easier to get because people don't clamor for a car that actually costs twenty or twenty five dollars from the get go, and they just you know want to make twenty dollars on a one dollar car. So yeah, whatever. And for me, I don't even a couple Hot Wheels are neat, but then like the castings aren't nice enough for me to really search them out anymore for the space they take up. Yep. I I just want I'd rather spend the twenty bucks on one really nice one that's like true 164 scale versus a toy. Right. Which is why I love that American manufacturer auto world because their stuff is borderline Tomica level and it's five ninety nine at Walmart and you know, a couple bucks more if you got to buy it online. So mm-hmm. and they're starting to branch off into some foreign kind of foreign stuff. They just released a Dodge stealth. Yep. So haven't found one yet, but I'll be certain to buy it when I do because it's Mitsubishi related. But And some of the other ones, there's some other American, well, not American brands, but I guess they're American-based brands. You know, you have uh, the green lights and the M2s, and they're not quite as nice, but they're also only $5, so not super expensive, and they're way nicer than a Hot Wheels car. And uh, green light did a uh, Volkswagen Rabbit, and they did a, hmm. a Ford Escort Cosworth. And a couple other neat ones that don't fit their normal muscle car everything, which is cool too because I also like muscle cars. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's just it's neat to have a variety of stuff available now. And you know, I think I was talking to you last night, and I was like, man, it's quality over quantity. I don't need a thousand eh, looking Hot Wheels cars on a shelf if I can put you know a hundred neat looking proper scaled ones. So right. Anyway. Hopefully you follow the diecast daily uh, Instagram story and you see what we're talking about and you'll see the detail of these cars. And you know, I, I took a picture the other day to send my dad of this little display that 
display case that I built to put them in. Um, and he thought based on the picture that they were one forty thirds because of how nice they are. Not yeah. knowing that they were like literally the size of a Hot Wheels car. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, you can't, I, I showed you the, the Volvos. I sent you the Volvos that the brake disc spins inside the rotor, inside the wheel on a one thirty four scale car. Like mind blowing. Yeah. No, they're pretty cool. So I guess I have a place to put all my stuff again, but yeah. Yep. Because now that you know it exists, it's hard not to buy it sometimes. Yeah. And so. then I got to, I got to like put it in a place where it's hidden from my. Keep it out of the reach of a toddler soon. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's soon to be walking child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I bought a, a Canon Porsche. I don't know where that is. Nine six two. Yeah, I gotta check the shipping on that. I don't know where that's coming from. Well, shipping's so. all screwed up right now, so. Oh yeah, anything in if anything you in USPS. If you like, don't buy it from Amazon, you're not getting it for two weeks. <laughs> yeah, because Amazon's shipping their own stuff, but yep. it's in USPS. They're like, yeah, we have it. Yeah. Where is it? I don't know. I'll we have it. it. Yeah. <laughs> it's here, here somewhere. somewhere. Yep. So. Whatever. It'll get there when anyway. Is that a podcast? That's a podcast. Right. That's a pod. So, as always, uh, you can follow us on Facebook, Auto Off Topic Podcast, on Twitter, Auto Off Topic, on Instagram, Auto Off Topic, and you can follow me on Instagram, Erased in Anger. And I am on Instagram at TSISS350. Cool. So, Keep cars analog and amp yeah.